Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Arjun Gill, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. Thanks, Scott. Mate, I've been looking forward to this. I've been hounding you for ages. <laughs> hey, if you don't know, Arjun is brand manager, but also the, I guess, you're part of the family that created uh, that created Little India, uh, which is really a nationwide, uh, I guess, delight. I would say because I was a I was a massive fan of Little India even before uh, you became a client. So, um, how did it? Uh, firstly, your role and how did it all get started? Uh, my role is. Um yeah, I guess brand manager, franchisor, um, just do a little bit of whatever it takes to keep things going. You told me once you essentially have 14 bosses. Um, yeah, I, I would say that, um, you know, when when our business changed from, you know, my dad used to own sort of all, all the restaurants across the country. Yeah. Um, and then we changed the business model to being a, yeah, a franchise model. Then it, things changed from sort of being being restaurateurs to yeah. franchisors, franchise but that sort of, it didn't make it easier. It sort of make it, you know, just another layer of complexity on yeah. top of it. But yes, 14 bosses, but also 14 people that I've, or, or well, not 14 anymore, but I mean, the group that we've got, yeah. um, guys that I've sort of grown up with, um, been, been around for a long time and um, sort of worked together and worked under and now sort of work with yeah. for, for a number of years. So it's pretty cool. I think it's a really cool story as far as, you know, we talk about, you know, getting started, et cetera, but I just wanted to capture that. Is, is it's a real family atmosphere. You've got people that started on the floor, um, you know, in Dunedin, now owning the restaurants around, around New Zealand. It's a pretty cool, cool uh, philosophy and way of thinking that you guys have created there, a real good culture. Yeah, I, I mean that's I think just stems to uh, mum and dad how they I guess have always run run the business from from day one. It's always been people sort of come in and work and become I guess extended members of the family. And yeah. and when you are working every day with people and people um, you know sort of for a long time over a period of time, you, you get to know people personally as yeah. well as just having a working relationship. So I yeah. think it's just that culture was built. I just guess I think naturally, yeah, because you spend so much time together, but also like you, you know, you you have a, a real passion for the food and for service, mm. and I think that's an amazing thing um, that have that I've seen come through, especially in your restaurants. Let's let's go, let's have a look about, and you know, how did Little India get started? Obviously, um, you know, your your grandmother, um, you know, she actually still well, she was training the chefs. Yes. Um, yeah. So so obviously your dad. Um, First restaurant opened up in Dunedin? Yeah, yeah. So before that, um, mum and dad had a dairy in Ravensbourne. Yeah. So mum and dad migrated from um, from England here, um, and dad, when they introduced, I think it was when they introduced GST into New Zealand, dad was an accountant for yep. KPMG, so moved over and was um, working on uh, on that, and then decided he wanted to start his own business. Um, they bought a dairy in Ravensbourne, uh, which also had a takeaway Yep, um, fish and chips on cool. the side. Started um, when my grandparents came over. Um, they started selling a few curries yep. from the um, and from the takeaway. Was that just because you could? No one else was doing it. Thought it was a good idea. What was the? I, to be honest, I just think it was just they decided to try something different. Nice and. Um, because yeah. if you look back then, like like even takeaways in New Zealand was fish and chips, you know, like mm. and then suddenly all of a sudden Chinese sort of came in, and then Indians slowly crept in there. But it wasn't like a it wasn't a natural thing um, that everyone was having. You know, everyone was pretty New Zealand was pretty much stuck in the fish and chip mode, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Well, maybe it's just sort of, you know, sort of sharing, sharing, you know. Dad's culture and yeah. and that sort of thing. I, 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 to be honest, I can't really answer that. He'd be better to answer that question. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it just yeah started from that and then got busier and busier and then they decided that it's probably time to open a restaurant. That's cool. Do you yeah. know where the name came from? Like, did did they? Uh, all I know about the name is that people when it was discussed with you know other people that we're going to call it a little and no one liked it. Really? Yeah. That's that's the only sort of. Do you know why they didn't like it? I don't know. I just think it's just diff maybe different or yep. um, why a little. I don't, I don't know. I just think the the feedback they got wasn't great, um, but they just wow. stuck, stuck to it anyway. And then you look at it now, like yeah. there wouldn't be too many people that don't know. You know, if you like India, and like you would have gone for Little India. 
like guaranteed. Um, and I know that because I like I play a lot of cricket and yeah. we go out for curries and everyone wants to go to Little India. You know, it's, you're definitely on that on that list. People know that it's a good good curry. So Dunedin, um, interesting place to start, right? Obviously you're there, but but not it's not there. You know, like it's obviously student town, right? Is that where like were you getting were you there getting students in, or was it how did they grow the business? Was it just word of mouth? Um, I think yeah, a lot of it was word of mouth. So when they when they opened initially, um, they had it set up slightly differently. So it was sort of you came into the restaurant and kind of what you see at the malls now, yep. where you have like the glass cabinet with oh, all the yep. bay marie's yep. and everything. Yep. So they had it set up like that, and initially, um, you know, a new place that people came and tried, and then over a small period of time, it was dead and it wasn't working. Yeah, so. They just decided that, okay, let's get out of here. Let's go on holiday yeah. and think about things and yeah. try and work it out. Came, wow. came back, redesigned the menu. So it's all table service, a la carte menu. Cool. And um, yeah, just gave it another crack and the change seemed to work. And, That's cool. And got busy. So so wasn't working. People didn't re- weren't really resonating with maybe the like kind of the buffet style. Yeah. And then table service. I think what it like in the, I guess back in the day there was a lot of a uh, lot of different restaurants doing kind of it wasn't that natural for I guess buffets right um, or or maybe just Indian food didn't strike you know they wanted that experience yeah. more experimental uh, kind of dining that that's interesting it's cool that they didn't give up though right like yeah. how yeah. Um, there must have been a good holiday I think also you know the risk that they'd taken of opening the restaurant there wasn't much yeah. choice to give up. Yeah, like if you give up, what do you do next? Yeah, yeah, true, right? Yeah. And was there any other Indian restaurants like in the area? Like, was it? Was I don't it... know whether there was in Dunedin. To be honest, there might yeah. have been, but potentially maybe one other. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure whether Little India was the first or not. Nice, because yeah. the next move was then to Queenstown, right? So you sort of got Dunedin, yeah, cranking, and then moved into Queenstown. Obviously mm-hmm. natural because people traveling that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, and, you know, great place to open a restaurant. Obviously, would have been lots of learnings there too. But, but I guess you know, once you've got one, you've got two, and it's like, like, do you remember your dad talking? Like, was he working at both at the time? How was that? So the f- other family members also got involved as well. My my uncle and my auntie initially with got the it. one in Queenstown. Yep. Um. So I guess that's the start of the, you know the building the culture of families yeah. working together and that sort of thing yeah um so they i think I, I i can't remember initially who was running things on the day-to-day in queenstown mm. but i think it was my auntie and my uncle potentially and my dad and sort of they just they keep on traveling in between or whatever for that location um and yeah i think it the reason why they opened in queenstown was exactly what you said yeah. people coming to Dunedin. Traveling for work, going for Queens, going to Queensland, yeah. saying, "Oh, there's nothing, there's you know, there's no, nothing quite that good there, yeah, or yeah. whatever." You guys should open, nice. and that's how the business has grown. You know, it's sort of every step. So it was yeah. Queenstown, and then Christchurch, and then it's just that's sort of how it's grown. Yeah, people ask, "Oh, when are you going to open up here? When yeah. are you going to open up there?" Yeah, that's cool. Let's let's talk a bit about the book for a second. This is a beautiful book, Little India at Home. I just wanted to touch, like, on your. You know, like your your grandmother, right? She's mm-hmm. she's obviously a beautiful lady as far as, you know, loves food and, and loves the Indian culture and the Indian food. Like she training the staff, but obviously setting the bar. You know, I think that's that's a really cool cool story as far as you know. If you're a head chef, you've been trained by your grandmother. Yeah, so that unfortunately that doesn't happen anymore. She's no. now moved to moved to New Zealand to be with us. But yeah. um, so. The, the the thing and, and I guess the reasons behind that is we're we're hiring migrant workers from yep. India. Um, you know, you want to make sure that if you're going to take all that time and bring someone to New Zealand to work, that yeah. they actually can do what they say that they can do. They can, yeah, yeah. You know, if it's going to take them forty five minutes to peel a bag of onions, yeah, it's probably yeah. not the uh, yeah the right people. And then yeah. you know they've got the knife skills, they've got that sort of stuff, and also that they are. Sort of genuine people too. Yeah, you know, so it's you, to get a bad. So you get a few yeah. bad eggs, but if you, yeah. you know, if you're going to get a bad egg every time, it's a long way to come. And yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, so she was sort of like quality control to some degree, right? One hundred percent quality control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then just sort of, you know, teaching her sort of recipes, her styles of cooking. Yeah, um, and sort of just again, I think also just the family values of what yeah. what our business is about. Yeah. 
it's pretty cool to hear that from someone like like if you're wanting to become a chef and you're wanting to you know make a different life for yourself because end of the day that's what you're doing right you make you're leaving your home country to go to another country yeah um it's a it's a quite a big deal right and for a lot of people that'd be quite scary but i guess having that training and having that um you know kind of mentorship in a way like that would have been pretty exciting for some of these guys and like some of these guys now have come on to be the owners of these restaurants yeah. right like mm-hmm. this is i think this is one of the coolest stories is like you've got people that have trained <clears throat> gone all the way through the ranks in our own restaurants mm. that like that's i think that's a great story um so credit to to your grandma so she now living living in new zealand with the family yes yep living in new zealand she's currently in queenstown with my auntie she Brilliant. spends time with us our mum and dad are away at the moment but spends time with us spent some time in wellington with my uncle as well so she travels around and uh yeah and sort of enjoys now being here it was hard for yeah. both my grandparents to leave india mm. but um they're enjoying it here with their great-grandchildren yeah yeah and 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 their grandchildren so it's nice she must like obviously proud of of what you guys have set up too right like that's it's pretty cool that you've you know you've come here and and you've kind of you know you've made a real nationwide brand right like you you guys are you have created something pretty cool so you'd be proud of proud of that oh absolutely yeah 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 Yeah. and and like i guess she'd love to see some of the people that she trained now still yeah still going well yeah i mean um you know dwaraka who owns the uh the restaurant in tamaru he was trained by my grandmother yeah um he always asks about her they communicate with each other when they can and that sort of stuff so it's it is it's it's a long, I guess, you know, long history of, of working yeah. with real good people. Yeah. What do you think makes Little India different, like, from from your perspective? Like, what do you think makes it, look, you know, the different type of food, like, you do a few couple of things different with the tender ovens and that type of stuff. What is it that you what you think that makes you guys different in the marketplace? I just think the, there's, we don't take shortcuts yeah. with, with the preparation of things. Yeah. Um, the, you know, uh, garam masala, for example, we have our own recipe. We don't buy a packet of garam masala and use yeah. it in the food. So we yeah. get all the whole spices. Then yeah. they need to be um, sort of roasted, and we roast them sort of under the tandoor, next to the tandoor to get you yeah. know, all the perfumes and everything out yeah. of it. And then it's ground, and then nice. it's ready. So just yeah. little, I think little things like that yeah. make make a big difference. Yeah, because anyone can buy the stuff, right? Anyone, yeah. But, but you know, I think that's what I call in the book, right? If you, if you get a chance to look at this book, Little Linda at Home, you detail all the spices that you actually make up, what, what you guys do. And, 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 and I've definitely seen, you know, it's quite cool seeing your TikTok now, um, you know, filling up with, with the recipes that, yeah. that, that everyone's making and stuff and just showing you the authenticity of those of those, uh, of those meals. I reckon it's really, really cool. Yeah. So so but I would say one thing also, we've kind of touched on it, but it is definitely a family family atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, like people, the the people in the restaurant really care about the people in the restaurant, you know. Um, I think it's fascinating too, you know, obviously being on the inside, seeing some of the marketing, you see some of the repeat customers. You've got a loyal fan base, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, and it's there's you know gone intergenerational too. So yeah, there are people that got engaged at the restaurant. Yeah, and now their kids are also yeah, you know, and that I think that's quite yeah. Cool. I think when we did the was it the thirtieth birthday? Yes, you, and we you we went and we had um, some of your loyal customers there. One guy, it looked like from his he was eating like three times a week nearly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and loving it like yeah. that, he was proud of that. He stood up and said, "Hey, you know, pretty much bring. I brought my family here. My now kids bring their kids here, and like I just thought that was really, really cool. You know, that's that's a that's a credit to you know everyone in in the organization. Um, but you've been through some challenges though. Obviously, um, you know, like everyone, yeah. Um, and and running a business, you know, definitely in that COVID time was really, really hard. And you know, how how did you guys handle handle that? What was the what was the thing that got because because you, you still stayed strong in in a, in a lot of areas. You've had yeah. some ups and downs, but you're still a strong business. Um, we, I mean, it, it was like you said, very difficult. Um, you know, one day you're trading, you know, you've got cash flow coming in. Mm. The next day. Gone. Nothing. Yeah. Taps turned off. Yeah. What do you do? How do you look after staff? Yeah. Um, now obviously, there was the support from the government to, um, you know, with the wage subsidies and things like that. And and initially, if that hadn't happened, then, you know, a lot of businesses, including ours, would, would, wouldn't have continued. Totally. Um, and then, you know, we sort of got drip fed that, okay, so now you can operate, but you can only do this. And, yeah. And 
a lot of it was just communication, like yeah. talking to the guys, getting ideas from everybody. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Yeah. Um, what are the rules? What do we have to follow? Yeah. We, I think we're also lucky that our business is quite strong on takeaway mm. and, and delivery. Yeah. And we already had systems set up for online ordering yeah, yeah. and um, and the likes of that. So that's really what actually probably got us through. Because you adapted quite fast. You know, when I when yeah. I look at the landscape of of how you guys adapted, uh, versus seeing other businesses adapted, you you guys definitely adapted quite fast. You had you did have that ability to start doing takeaways and delivery. And the cool part about it is people really wanted it too, right? Like oh, they yeah. were starved for yeah. you know they wanted that experience. It was exciting that yeah. first day that we yeah. opened yeah. here that yeah. we could do it. We, I mean, I remember know, ordering. I mean, the, the, our actually our online order system when we first turned things back on. It crashed for the first 45 minutes when yeah. we were overloaded, yeah. which was, I mean, frustrating at the same time, but also quite nice to see that people have missed the food so yeah. much. Yeah, people really want, and I guess that's the coolest thing about what you built. You don't, you don't know how good it is till it's gone, right? Yeah. And then it was gone, people couldn't have it, and then all of a sudden people were like, right, cool. And also I think, you know, in all the areas you're in, you do have a really good loyal um, customer base, right? Yes, yeah. Um, and people really wanted to support Little India. I think that's that's once again kudos to what you guys have created. You know, you know, like wherever you are, Timaru, um, Christchurch, and 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 around the North Island, people really support you guys. And I think that's that's the coolest thing. One of the things I love about going to Little India is is, <clears throat> and especially if you're local, they know you. Yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. How, where does that get trained? Is that did that come from the grandmother, did your grandmother, or was that your father? Because it really is a cool a cool thing to experience. I don't I don't know where that maybe it's just an Indian hospitality thing. Yeah, yeah. That, um, you know, remembering people's names or their faces. Yeah. A lot of the time, sometimes, even if you like it happens to me sometimes, so you might forget. You remember the person's face, you can't remember the name, but you remember the order. Oh wow! So you so yeah you, yeah oh, yeah. And then there were orders coming in, and the guy, even the chefs in the kitchen. They'll know, that's they'll, they'll know that, that that's for that person or that's classic. for that person. So it's, um, yeah, a lot of law customers who continue to support us. And, yeah. And thankfully they don't. I mean, we're so appreciative because, as you said, COVID, and yeah. even now, hospitality, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough, right? Because yeah. a lot of the laws don't actually help you guys either too, right? Bringing in the staff and the, the people. No, it's – they don't. Um, but then I also do understand why – there has been law changes to make it, um, yeah. you know, to actually take a little bit more analysis of who the people that are actually bringing yeah. migrant workers in and, and the check. But I just, the timing of it and the way it was done was, for me, I just couldn't believe, yeah. you know, I guess the process of how all, all that sort of worked out. Yeah. Because it just made it just made things harder for a long time. Now things are a little bit easier. We are able to get staff over. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but just the, the cost of everything, like, you know, you're not paying – so if a New Zealander's doing the same job and you're employing a migrant worker to do the same job, you have to pay a higher wage rate for the migrant worker, even if you can't find someone in New Zealand wow. to do that job. So that's, that's, that's a bit frustrating. And, and the reason for that is like to try and encourage to, um, you know, employ New Zealanders to do those jobs. Yeah, yeah. But, but a lot of New Zealanders don't want to do those jobs, right? A lot of New Zealanders don't want to do that, but also, and you know, in position, and you know, positions of you know, chefs in the kitchen, and you know, cooking a curry. Yeah. Um. You know, you can get training to do it, but yes, yeah. it's, it's not to work on the tundra is like yeah. an art. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't. It's it's easy enough to say train someone to do yeah. it, but how? How? Yeah, yeah. You've got to you've got to spend the time, the hours, yeah. and anything, anything like that. I guess also like. Some industries, you do get tarred by the people that do cut the corners, right, as well. So some of those laws get brought in because yeah. there's people who have cut the corners, right, uh, and you get kind of kind of stuck with that. Um, your your role, though, we, like what's your day-to-day role now? Look, you've also, and, and I, I guess we should look at, um, you also work, you, you owned a restaurant there for a bit too, mm-hmm. um, and work, work in the business yeah. uh, as well as working on the business. But what's yeah. your day-to-day look like now? It changes a lot, which... I like. Mm. Um, I, you know, I started doing the dishes. So I've done, yep. you know, from the dishes to peeling onions nice. to doing deliveries to working in the kitchens to, you know, working out the front, managing. Nice. So I've done, I've done a little bit of everything. Yep. Um, but day to day now is more. What do I do on a day to day basis? 
it's again it's communication and just talking to the yep. guys and i think it's like a support mm. role yep um uh, and and discussing on how you know especially at the moment with things being so difficult and margins being tighter mm. you know how do we sort of maybe do things slightly differently yep. to what we we're doing how can we you know use time better to still create some revenue was talking to um Sabash, who owns our Dunedin <clears throat> restaurant um the other day and you know was you know, I was talking to my brother-in-law who was also sort of saying to me that, you know, what he's doing in his restaurant is he's staying open later but only for Uber Eats okay. and doing, you know, uh, sort of like a midnight snack menu. So okay. we've tried that. We're trying that in Dunedin yeah, yeah, at the yeah. moment. Um, you know, student town. Yeah. A lot of people out having a good time. They get yeah. back at, you know, yeah. 9.30, 12.30. They're like, I'm hungry. Hungry. What do I do? So yes. just stayed out, kept just the kitchen open. Yeah. And, um doing some Uber Eats orders and it's nice. just anything that you can do to create the extra ev- yeah. revenue at the moment. That's yeah. just what you got to do. And that's like great innovation though as well, right? Like being prepared to, 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 to try things. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, that's the, you know, that's, that what, that's what gets businesses through at the end of the day too. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit on your hands and go, Oh, it's tough. Um, you've got to innovate. So it's yeah. great, great to hear that. And how, how's that? Is it starting to work? Is there, is there a few things? Uh, it's only just started in the yeah. last like week or two, yeah. but he's, um he's already seeing, that it's starting to work and nice. believes that we're a little bit, we need to actually discuss that yeah. with the team. How do we do a little bit of marketing around yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. People know. So, yeah. um, well, you could definitely be targeting people with either, um, you know, those phone ads at that time, you know, yeah. and, and targeting those students in those student areas. You could definitely be um, making, making sure because students, I know one thing, you know, when they have a few beers, they get hungry, right? And if you can be delivering uh, Uber Eats to them, then that's a little bit of a, yeah, totally. Targeting, targeted advertising would work really well there. Mm. Um, and also maybe even fly drop to some of those, uh, some of those, some of those student houses. I did the other day and, and like just looking around and it really is built on that culture, right, of, of students. And, and they, they love a good, they love a good curry. I think if you could make it even fun too, maybe try some different types of uh, food, that they could they could you know eat. Um, I think if you sometimes even if you gamify it for students, they'll, yeah. they'll buy it just because it's fun, right? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. What could you what could you have the hottest you know the hottest roti? Who's who's going to try it? You yeah. know all those little things, right? Because I remember I remember like when we started running the curry championships for you mm-hmm. guys, it was a, it was a fun idea, but people started getting involved, right? People want to be involved in that stuff. They want to have their opinion. They want to try different stuff. Um, it's amazing in New Zealand though, the same curry wins every year. That's why we had yeah, to stop running it. It's yeah. kind of. But also, I, that was always fun because people were getting emotionally involved and invested yeah. in the, and you know, like, oh no, this one's not the best. Am I the one that I think is the yeah, best? Yeah, yeah. It's just, you can, it's nice to see other people passionate about our food. Yeah. I guess. yeah. It is interesting to see what the, I think the palate's kind of changing in New Zealand, right? Like people mm. have obviously uh, are starting to try other things rather than just the old butter chicken. Yeah. Um, side note, I never knew it was called the other name, Merg McTars. Merg McTars. I yeah. never knew that. And then one day you said, oh, do you want one of those? And I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds good. And he goes, butter chicken. I was like, no, I don't want a butter chicken. I <laughs> come to your restaurant and eat a butter chicken. Nothing needs butter chicken, by the way, especially little India butter chicken, no sugar. Um, that, that was an interesting thing we found out one day, like your – your curries don't have sugar inside them, right? So traditionally, it's not the way that um, you know that our family recipes are made. It's yeah. I think um, sugar's been put into um, North Indian cuisine, I think, in New Zealand a bit to for more, maybe for more for the Western palate. Um, yeah. But the way we cook our recipes is just the same way that we cook them at that, home. So that was really interesting when we started promoting that, though people because people didn't know that. Mm. I would say a small hinge swings a big door. People didn't actually know. People just thought there was sugar in yeah. curries, right? And then when we explained, well, no, this is how we do it. And it was with a cashew paste and something else? Uh, yeah, so we so we make it with uh, um, crushed cashews, um, cream, a whole lot of other spices as well. But And, yeah, so it's like a tomato base with, yeah. with cash, crushed cashews. And- which, which was really interesting because then people started saying, is it keto-friendly? And I was like, is it keto-friendly? And you were like, uh, yeah, I think it is. You know, and then yeah. Well, first I had to figure out what keto was. Yeah, well, I don't I'd know. Really, yeah, um, but but the majority of our menu is keto friendly because we yeah. don't add, um, you know, we don't add any sort of flours or anything to thicken our sauces, or you know, there's no sugar in yeah. our curries. So a lot, majority of our menu is keto friendly, which is cool. Yeah, and another thing then that we put on that we put on the menu was uh, cauliflower rice. Yeah, 
Crazy. Yeah. I'd never heard of cauliflower rice. All of a sudden you put it on the menu and it went nuts. Well, there was people just kept on asking yeah. what for cauliflower. And I again I didn't know what cauliflower rice was. No. So um, I went online, had a look at a couple <laughs> of recipes and said, Okay, well, pretty much it's just you know, whisked up cauliflower, yeah. which is substituted for rice. So how can we chuck a few Indian flavours in there to make it work? Yeah. And um so I just went to the kitchen with a couple of the guys and um had a bit of a play and then we started and it's super tasty. People love it. Yeah. 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 And I think those, that's the cool thing is it? being a bit more innovative mm-hmm. uh, as well, which really helps during those times as well. I think, um, you know, like obviously, you know, tough times last, they don't last right, and, but tough businesses do. And I think that's the coolest thing is you've got some sharp minds in there that have been in the restaurant game for quite a while, starting to think about things and think about how you can do things differently. I think that's a, you know, you're in good shape when you can bring those people together. Um, you know, from from your perspective, where do you see like Little India? You know, three, four, five years from now, what's your three? F- um, hopefully still operating. Yeah, <laughs> um, which I'm sure it will be. But yeah. um, and with maybe a couple more restaurants, I know that there's a couple of our guys who are um, sort of newer franchisees yeah. who are quite keen to have a look at a couple of other locations, nice. um, sticking to the t- traditions that we have. Yeah, um, you know, there. A lot of, I think, restaurants and a lot of places um, sort of have innovated and, and done sort of different things. And that, But I think people always tend to come back to us for the core. Yeah. Like they, you know, I don't know, basic's probably the wrong yeah. word, but the traditional curry, you know, with, you know, with the rice and naan and people, as long as the food yeah. is good and you keep on, to, yeah. don't take any shortcuts, yeah. get it right, then... I think people will just will keep coming. Well, the word I reckon is quality. You yeah. know, you've got you've got quality food, quality service, and a quality environment. You know, which which you know when you walk into any of your restaurants, you can tell that, right? Um, and then people will keep coming back because of that quality. Um, so so I don't think you have too much to worry about there because the standard has always been quite high, um, which is exciting. What about um, you know other you know do you see other types of Indian food like? Coming into the marketplace, yeah. what, what, what do you? Yeah, there's, a, there, there's a lot of um, sort of street food influence sort of stuff coming yep. in. Um, there's a lot of um, sort of fusion Indian yep. happening as well. So all of that stuff, um, you know, I always like to go and try it, and I enjoy yeah. it. And it's um, you know implementing a few of those things. And I mean, we've been looking at it and um, with our location in Hamilton, is that trying to come up with a couple of different things and, yep. and put things specials and and, and try them out because. Food is always evolving. Trends yeah. are always evolving. Yeah. And tastes are always evolving. Yeah. Like you said, you know, years ago, yeah, yeah. there was sort of the, the fish and chip shop and, yeah. the, and, and the Chinese takeaways. And now you've got so many different cuisines. And we're mm. really lucky in New Zealand because I, I feel like the hospitality industry in New Zealand is fantastic. And you do get so many good restaurants, so many good operators yeah. that are out there. And great, not only just, not just great food, but great experiences when yeah. you go out. yeah. What are, what are some of your favourite restaurants of you outside Little India? Um, outside of Little India, some of my favourite restaurants uh, in Christchurch. I really like Chi Chi Kitchen. Nice. Um, really nice pasta, all yep. um, freshly made. Um, in Auckland, we go to, oh, I've forgotten the name of it now. Um, it's got a funny name. I can't remember the name of it, but. Yeah, I'm not really good at remembering the names of restaurants. Most <laughs> of the time, my wife books the restaurants yeah. and takes me out because she nice. knows where all the good places yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I just sort of go and eat and enjoy. And But she always makes sure that she finds a table for me where I can't really see what is going on, like in the kitchens. Because <laughs> otherwise, I sit and sort of watch so what's going down. And yeah, not, yeah. Not, not just critiquing, but also enjoying watching yeah, the yeah. atmosphere. If you can get you know a bit of a glimpse of the kitchen and watching yeah. everyone working, it's sort of, I, I love that yeah. sort of stuff. Well, why do you love that? What's, what's your... Oh, because it's just that's the for me the for a restaurant the heart and soul is the kitchen of yeah. the restaurant. Um, I enjoy doing that the most now of anything that I do is getting yeah. up to time to spend in the kitchen and yeah. and just it's a high pressure environment, especially yeah, yeah. when things get busy. But yeah. um, it's also so much fun that that um, that feeling I guess that adrenaline or that you know after you've had you know if you get hit hard for a couple of hours in the kitchen and yeah. everything gets out and all the customers are happy and, you know, you've done some, you know, done good sales for the night. It's a great feeling yeah. at the end. Yeah, because, like, it is quite intense, right? Like, it's a short period of time and, you know, you don't really think about this when you've ordered the food, right? You're just worried about your meal. Mm. 
but if you know, I've seen some of the some of some of the nights you guys have. There's a lot of people ordering food, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that'll be quite intense because it's such a condensed period of time. Um, how do you cope with that stress? You just get it done. Get it done. Um, you just get it done. And and also like you, we've we've got chefs that are working in it and have been working in there for a long time. They've got a lot of experience. Yeah. And you just. You just try and be as accurate as you can with the timings. But, you know, as you said, you know, we get some of our restaurants can be busy between five and nine o'clock or five and eight o'clock. Mm. And that's the business for the day. And it's all yeah. jam packed into those few yeah. hours. And you just, you just make it work. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, how much preparation goes into that? Like you're doing a lot during the day to, 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 to get the. Yeah. Yeah. Prep work is. Well, that's the key to our food. Is, yeah. Like as I was saying earlier, shortcuts, yeah. right? So yeah. you don't take any shortcuts in the preparation. You get, you know, you, you know, we, we, our curry masala, uh, which is um, sort of the ginger, onion, garlic, tomato sort of base, which yeah. we make for this. And you know, we and we make that in a in a bigger pot with, and so that's sort of ready to go. But yeah. you know, if you don't, that takes us like one and a half to two days to cook. Wow! From starting From off, starting. peeling the onions, yeah, and, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So. If you don't take the time to get that part right, then the end result's never going to be good. Yeah, 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 totally. Like so that so that so that base is critical, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So that, so and obviously quality checks along the way, making sure everything's right and 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 getting getting it all right. I guess that's why you know that, that's why it is so good though, right? If you got all those base ingredients right, then your curries, you know, you know your curries are a chance, right? Yeah. You know when you've had a bad curry. Um, you know, yeah. you can tell like sometimes that, that yeah, it's just just not nice, right? Yeah. The poor quality of meat, or you know, poor quality um, uh, of sauce and stuff, and you can tell, you know, maybe they just haven't spent that time. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed one thing: you you don't eat rice with your curry. Like, why is that? Like, what's... I'm. I've, that's just I, ever since I was little, um, I've always loved breads with my yeah. Indian food. Yeah. Um, Love rotis, homemade rotis, yeah, yeah. Um, and naans, and I just for me the flavour. I just, I just prefer it with the bread. The only time that I really have rice with Indian food is if I'm having a, having a biryani, which biryani. is a rice dish. Yeah, but, um, oh, yeah, I love, I love. I don't, it's also the thing of like you know you got the curry there and you keep it with your hand. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. That's that experience of doing yeah. that. Too. Yeah. I remember being in Ireland of all places in Dublin, and I went for a curry. And they sat us down on the ground and had banana leaves on the floor. Oh yeah, and and ate off the banana leaves. And I could tell that the curry was hot because my fingers started burning, and I ended up getting all these sweats. So it's just yeah. too hot because we made a mistake of having how hot it was. That that's kind of the standing joke though. Like, um, do you like how hot can you really have a curry before it becomes ridiculous? Because I remember back in the day, my dad and his mates would play cricket. Then they'd order, and some of the guys could just have curry that was so hot you know like yeah i think the... it's i mean everyone's palate's different right so people can people can cope with higher um you know hotness level yeah. there's also that for me also i find that people say that oh this curry is too spicy or whatever so for, for me spicy and hot are two different things yeah okay so um hot is just you know chili chili yeah chili or chili. a combination of chili or chili powder or green yeah. or whatever but then a spicy curry can it's just a good mix of all of the other spices are going. So nice. even if you're gonna, even if you want something that that is hot, if the balance of the other spices aren't right, then yep. there's no flavour actually in the rest of the curry. Yeah. All you're gonna taste is the, the chili. The chili. So for example, like for me personally, if I'm gonna have a um, say like a butter chicken or a chicken tikka masala, one of the creamier sort of dishes, then for me, going anything more than sort of medium, medium to hot. I don't feel like I'm going to get the yeah yeah. It just sort of ruins the flavour for me a little bit yeah. But then if I'm going to have a Madras, uh, Frazi or a Vindaloo, then give me hot because that's yeah. what brings the other flavours out. Flavors out. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. What would you say to someone who's never tried curry before? Because there'll be people here listening that have never tried a curry before. What would you say? Where would where should they start? Where should they start? Um, it, again, depends on palate. Like, do you do you like lamb better? Do you like chicken better? Yep. Do you like vegetarian better? And you know, if you are coming into one of our restaurants, just talk to the staff. Like, cool. I know because there's all that sort of sometimes that you get that fear of ordering yeah. and you don't know what. To yeah, order. yeah, true. But don't you know when you come? If you do come and see us, don't worry about that. The staff yeah. just talk to them and say, look, I'm not really sure what to order. Yeah. I do want to try something different than, nice. than just a butter chicken. Yeah, um, they'll probably ask the same questions. Yeah. 
what do you like? What do you prefer? Something creamier, something a little bit less yeah. creamier, a drier dish. What sort of you know meat or whatever do you want, or do you want vegetarian? And they'll just talk you through mm. it, and then hopefully by the end of it, whatever's produced for, yeah. for dinner is uh, going to be to the liking. Yeah. yeah, I reckon that'd be quite a cool experience to go there for the first time and just you know have a few, try a few different dishes. Um, do you do any of that sort of stuff? Like, like we people can try different dishes. I think that'd be so. Cool. We've got. Um, We've got like a banquet menu which sort of does oh, yeah. um, sort of a selection of of what we have there, um, and the lunch times we do our tallies, which is you know you get a bit of a selection on the big silver plate with the different compartments. Yeah, it's yeah. A tally, and then so all the you've got a choice of a couple of different things that go on there, and so to mix it up a little bit. But nice. Yeah, don't be afraid to uh, to cheat on your butter chicken. Cheat on your butter chicken. I love that. You know, like you've got to cheat on your butter chicken because yeah. you can't just have butter chicken. It's just not. It's not right. It's very New Zealand though. I mean, but like, you know, I that's not one of my dishes that I have a lot, but then when I have it, then I, I you, you do know why it's yeah. so tasty, like yeah, yeah. why people keep on ordering it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, Arjun, so let's talk a wee bit about marketing, you know, like and, and how you think marketing's changed over the years. What's what's your take on the marketing landscape? Um, marketing has changed, I think, for us heaps when technology changes then marketing also i feel changes yeah, too like yeah. for us for such a long period of time um all that would happen for potentially a manager or someone in the restaurant would be they'd just be on the phone yep between that sort of 5 30 to 7 30 yep. and yep. all they're doing was taking phone calls writing down on a piece of paper takeaway orders taking them to the kitchen yeah yeah um and now I would say probably eighty to or probably more like ninety percent of our orders come through online. Yeah. Um, and before, when people were, when the phone orders were happening, there was no online. Like what yeah, was yeah. online? What was online? So I still remember um, having a conversation with my dad saying, uh, "We need a website." Yeah. What is a website? Wow. Well, you know, what do we need that for? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And people are not going to look at that. And we've got our ad in the yellow pages. People <laughs> know our telephone number. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and so. From that to being now having a Facebook page, a TikTok page, an Instagram, um, yeah, people are on their phones all, yeah, the time all the time and connected um, that way. Massive changes to what it was yeah. when when I had the business started. Yeah, I love you said there though. When technology changes, that you know the business changes, right? And, yeah. and it's so true, right? Mm. Because yeah, you could definitely back in the day you could have a business called A One whatever. Yeah, they rank in the yellow pages, and now it's just completely different. And and yeah, like why do I need a website? And they were all these things that business owners have had to get used to, right? Yeah. Um, and that just keeps and keeps evolving. I think you've done. You've kept up with it pretty well, though. Like you've, you, I guess you, that's been your role is driving the visibility of that. Yeah. Um. You know, and and so getting buy-in. How have you found that getting buy-in with your, at the end of the day, your franchisees and stuff yeah. like that? Um. Initially, it was probably more difficult than what it is now. Um. Especially when Dad was more involved with the business, um, he had his ideas of the way things sort of were going to work, and yeah. I had mine. So that yeah. was that was a challenge in itself, yeah. you know, father son relationship plus, plus working together, and um, and also I guess me transitioning from sort of working in the restaurants for for the franchisees or, or for the um, you know the managers at the time, and then sort of being um, sort of talking to them and say, hey, we're going to do things. Yeah, I guess a, a role shift a little bit. Yep. Um, but. All of our guys, all of the owners, they they want to be the first that are doing things. Yeah. And they like to also yeah, take yeah. a risk. Yeah. Um, they like to try doing things differently to stay yeah. relevant or, yeah. you know, be be the leaders. And, and a lot of times, you know, we might find that we do something and then we see a lot of other people sort of doing the yeah, same yeah, thing, yeah, too, which is, you know, a bit of a compliment. Though. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's the but the cool thing there is the willingness to to try and, and and push the boundaries of what of what what you can do, right? Because hey, look, it's easy. Like, like I just say, if you you know you 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 guys do have such a visual product as well. Like it's a visual product. It's a mm. behind the scenes kind of product as well. Like you let people in a wee bit. I think it's really cool that you you know you guys are bought into that because it it creates that I don't know that chemistry with people. Um, and and look, I don't know about you, but when you see food being cooked, it makes me hungry. Yeah, you talking about those different curries, I went straight to my brain and was like, "Yep, I, I know that 
but that chicken jar crazy tastes like, <laughs> right? And I think that's the coolest thing when you when you are marketing a product like this, you know, getting in behind the scenes, knowing, meeting the people, seeing who's cooking your food, but then seeing what's happening and how they're doing. It. I think that's pretty. It's a pretty cool, cool thing to do, and and it creates that chemistry, that buzz around a restaurant. Mm. Um, so keep doing that. We will keep trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting though. Like even even online ordering, how that's changed, right? Like like the 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 technology that's come out with that. You obviously said before, people are on the phone, um, having to take those orders. Now online ordering just exploded yeah. uh, onto the scene, and, and you know obviously that's really revolutionised your business. You know, um, where where do you see? I guess have you ever had any thoughts about what's next in that space? Have, have you? I mean, it's, it's always changed. So we've had our own online ordering system and, and our own app and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, Uber Eats comes along yeah. and all these other ones. So disruption, yeah, eh? And that's huge disruption. I mean, challenging as yeah. well because, um, you know, we're, we're having to pay a percentage of what we're, the hard work that we're doing yeah. to to Uber to get the food out to people. But, but the thing is customers are using it. And yeah. so, and I get a little bit, fr- I mean, if I created Uber, I'd be bloody happy because yeah. the, the customers getting, yeah, paying the um, the people that are producing the food yeah. are getting, uh, yeah, you know, are, are getting are paying Uber. But also the so many friends of people that I talk to, they're like, oh yeah, we just got an Uber Eats last night for dinner. Yeah, I was like, well, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, they well, don't even talk about well, the restaurant. Restaurant the food is food in. Yeah, so, yeah, that and that you sort of get lost a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so, which is. Yeah, yeah, they but, created that brand around it, right? And yeah. huge, yeah. yeah. But then it's such a good tool. Like I was saying earlier, we're doing that sort of midnight snack sort of menu. Start trying that out in Dunedin, yeah. And um, and that's all just coming through Uber. And it's you know at the end of the day, it's, it's cash flow coming in, and you've yeah. got a businesses. You need that. Well, they have the distribution model, right? Yeah. Like they have the reach and the distribution, and and I guess those habits, right? They're spending a bunch of time to own those habits. Yeah. Hey, so, Ajahn, this has been a really interesting uh, conversation. I really appreciate you your willingness to share you know, the Little India story and, and how it's developed. I'll talk about we talk about shift gears a wee bit and talk a wee bit more about yourself and I guess you know the mindset that you bring. Um, and you know we talked about, uh, before about you know you started reading books and stuff. How do you keep yourself uh, going on a daily basis? What what's some of the things that you do? Um. What motivates me, I guess, is um, what keeps me going. Just I want to be able to, um, you know, be able to provide and look after my family. Really, yep. that's that's yep. one of the things that a beautiful young family too, two young girls and a beautiful wife. Thank you. You know, yeah. Um, it, you know, so so I guess that's in the forefront. Yeah, that's that, that's and also um, you know, there's when you talk about the you know the business and everything that's been built by my parents. You know, I want to make sure that. You know those traditions, everything like that, carry carries on going the way yeah. it should. And, and also, there's there's a lot of people involved with our businesses. You know that the owners of the individual restaurants, their staff. Um, you know, just you want to make sure that things keep on going so that you know their livelihoods are being looked after. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the sort of thing that I guess motivates me. Yeah, um, yeah. I have um, recently started. Um, yeah, we we're talking before about you know reading a few books and and getting a bit more, um, I guess, knowledge and, and information from. From from that and just yep. yeah, is always interesting. Learn. I, I like learning new things. Yeah, yeah. Um, what sort of stuff do you like learning? Anything that I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I recently um got my learner's license for a motorbike. Cool. Um. Just something that I'd never done, but I've always yep. thought having a motorbike was cool. Nice. I've been accused of having a midlife crisis, <laughs> but um, I don't believe that's true at all. Are you going to um, get a Harley? <laughs> no, I'm going to get. I want to get a Royal Enfield. Okay. It's an Indian connection with the oh, wow. Royal Enfield bike. Which yeah, are yeah. Really popular over. Where in do India. you get those from? Um, you can get them. You can buy them locally here. Nice. Um, so I've got the uh, I've got the license sorted, and I was going to get one, but then my sister decided that she was having her fortieth birthday in Thailand, so. Taking the family on holiday instead, and I have nice. to wait for a little bit long before I get the bike. But like just little things like that, things that yeah, I'm yeah. interested in, yeah. haven't done, and it's like, well, if I don't keep learning or keep doing something that sparks yeah. my interest, then I just I get bored. Yeah, and golf for me is another thing. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, You're really good at golf. Aren't you? I'm not good at no. golf, but I, I want to get better at golf. Yeah, um, and I know I can probably get better, but then that's that, that it's thing that with time. golf. It's just always. Anytime you think you've got something going with yeah. golf, it comes and sort yeah. of teaches you that no, you don't. So. It's a good leveler, isn't it? Golf, one hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. it's a it's a mind game too, right? Yeah, like it definitely plays on your 
on your mind. And that's why I like it the most is the, is the and also the little bit of, you know, competitive sort of that you have with your yeah. mates that you play with yeah. and that sort of thing. So it's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, nice. Okay, so so motorbikes and golfing. Yeah. Um, that, that's pretty cool. <laughs> motorbikes not yet, but hopefully. Yeah. And with with regards to the books, what are you sort of reading? What sort of, sort of stuff do you do? Um, I just read um, The Richest Men in Babylon. Oh, great book. Um, I read, I'm reading at the moment, um, The World's Greatest Salesman. And I'm taking my time to read that because when you read that book, it sort of talks about yeah, yeah. the advice that the person is giving to the new person who's got the information. They tells them to read it in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And so I've decided that I'll read it the same way that Brilliant. you were told to in that book. So nice. it's taken me a while to read it because I have to read the same sort of thing yeah. for a month or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So just, yeah, just, it just, I just find it interesting. Like yeah. before when I was younger, I never really read. No. No, I think it opens up a brand new world to you as well. You know, like, uh, you know, The Richest Man in Babylon, not an easy book to read, but but like structure-wise, from a money perspective, great story, mm. uh, great learnings from that. And if you didn't know that, you don't know that, right? Yeah. So so the ability to read does open up uh, other worlds for you. So I think it's, you know, when you, I guess, you know, when you start to read, you kind of get that bug right. Yeah, it, you do. You know? yeah. yeah. That's cool. I had to find something that's challenging too, you know, like, yeah. like I played a couple of instruments when I was younger. I've always said that I'm going to get a bit more time. I want to start doing that again. Just nice. Always doing something, yeah. I remember um, uh, Jim Rohn, he said, said in a reading a book one day, he said, never read the easy stuff, you know, and I've always been a big believer in that too. Push yourself to read some stuff outside your comfort mm-hmm. zone or outside your your era. That's why I, you know, I've read a couple of books recently that I really, really enjoy, and it's like, would have never read them before. You know, but he kind of always in the back of your head going, hey, don't just read the easy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the number one takeaway you got from The Richest Man in Babylon? Um, the number one takeaway from that book was uh, just the way they talked about um, paying yourself first. First. Uh-huh. I think I think that was, for me, that was like, you know, because you have all your responsibilities, you have the things that you do, but if you're not going to have that little bit that you're sort of yeah. putting somewhere and having a look at it and enjoying watching it grow, then you'd sort of, you lose, I guess, the fun and the enjoyment of what, yeah, you know, earning money or or, yeah. or creating profit actually does. No, yeah, that's awesome. Great takeaway. Pay yourself first. I'm a massive believer in that. There's another great book you can read on that as well. Kind of like the modern day version, maybe, is a guy called Scott um, Pepe, is the Barefoot Investor. Okay, he has a really good kids book on it as well. Yeah, um, and it can actually help your kids get involved and how 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 all that works. So yeah, I've already it. said to my daughter when I finished the world's greatest salesman that I want her to. Uh, I want her to sort of read because she's really both my kids love reading. Yeah. So um, I want to sort of start them young and get them interested in that. And, and I guess learn those things that I guess I was sort of brought up around. Yeah. I sort of learned from, from seeing yes. from my parents doing it. Yes. Um, but to try and, you know, I'm sort of learning a little bit more too. So yeah. hopefully they'll get interested in it. How cool is that as a dad? You can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And inspire them to do stuff as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, this has been a great conversation, but I'm going to look you down the camera and say, hey, look, uh, if I was starting a restaurant tomorrow, uh, you being the knowledge that you have, the family knowledge, the restaurant knowledge you have, what are what are the five things you would do to someone? If you said someone came in and said, "Hey, Arjun, I'm going to start a restaurant tomorrow," what are what are the five things you'd recommend they do? Um, and you can't say don't do it. No, I wouldn't <laughs> say don't do it. Um, I would say to them, "What you know? What is the food? What are your recipe? Have you got your recipes sorted?" Yep. Because okay. I think no matter what happens in a restaurant business people are always going to come back for the basic thing which is the food so food food is number one um and also the food that you're doing how is it different or what what is going to make it stand out from you know all your other competitors um what else what else are the things that i'll talk about is are you not don't do it but are you sure you want to get into this industry because um it's long hours, yeah. late nights, um, timings are hard, yeah. um, and you spend a lot of time away from your family. Yeah. Um, so be really clear on, hey, you got You got to be prepared to, you know, sacrifice. I guess it's with anything, but there is sacrifices. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you haven't done it before, then, and you haven't had any experience in it, then it's, it, it is a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah, yeah. So maybe even go and work for someone first, right? Yeah. Like get involved in a restaurant, see if well, you that's like what, it. That's what my dad did as well. Yeah, so yeah. from the dairy that yeah. they had when they, before they opened the restaurant, our family friends who have um, restaurants in Sydney, dad went and worked in the kitchen Perfect. with them to yeah. figure out how it works. That, that's good advice, eh? Yeah. You know, go and experience it first, see if it actually is for you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Does location make a difference? Uh, location does make a difference, but again, like with location comes higher rent. Yeah. Right. So everyone knows where there's going to be a lot yeah. of foot traffic and you're going yeah. to pay higher rent. So, yeah. but people will still travel for good food. Good food. Nice. If it's good enough, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. people will travel. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. What else? What else would you say to them? Um, what else would I say to them? Well, what about like the, because you've got to really understand the knowledge of the game, right? So, so the food buying, you know, you've really got to understand people and all, there's a whole bunch of those. Yeah, I think people is one. You go, if you're going to be, especially if you, if your main role or what you see yourself doing is being front of house, yeah. um, then you've got to be a personable person. Yeah, you've yeah. got to enjoy communicating with people. But, and, and that's actually one thing that I would say to people is that if you're going to open a restaurant, then, you also need to know the kitchen. You can't just yeah. rely. You can't rely on your chef because if, yeah. you, if you, for some reason, your chef's not doing what you want them to do, or you have a falling out with your chef, yeah. chefs can be quite passionate. People. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then, and if they go, that means does that mean your business goes too? Yeah. So you need to be able to do, yeah, the kitchen work also. You, yeah. So you need to have you you need to have experience. I guess choose a part of the uh, the business that you want to be a part of, but you have to be know and have an overall all around yeah. experience. As and well. also business wise too, as far yeah. as um, as just understand cash flow yeah cash flow is so, so important to any business yeah. like you know understand you know the, the money that's coming in every day is not what goes in your back pocket There's, yeah. you've got a whole lot of other responsibilities yeah. that you have to do first yeah yeah do first to before yeah. you can start seeing what the profit yeah. is definitely i think most business owners learn that the hard way <laughs> yeah um and and i guess that's why you know the beautiful thing of having structures inside a business and, and getting good advice is is really really key mm. hey arjun this has been a fantastic uh conversation i really appreciate you coming on the podcast um sorry it's taken so long <laughs> no look no no no, no and it's been great. I know you're a busy person. Um, where do people find out about you guys and, and how can people get in touch with you? Um, find out about us on our website, littleindia.go.nz. Check out our um, Facebook page, our Instagram page, and we've got some cool stuff coming up on TikTok, which yeah. you guys have been helping us put yeah. together as well. It's looking really good. More video content, which people yeah. sort of t- tend to be engaging with. Yeah. So, yeah, just um, you can find us on our website, I guess. We'll link all of, all of that in the show notes as well, but I really appreciate you coming on. And look, anyone who's listening, and if you've never tried a Little India curry before, you go and experience uh, Little India. Uh, you'll be you'll be welcomed with open arms, and it really is a traditional Indian um, eating experience, and the people there uh, really do care. Uh, so it's I really appreciate uh, you know our friendship. I know the team love working with you and and all all the guys and girls around around New Zealand. So um, yeah, we we really appreciate it, and it's been awesome to have this chat and to talk about uh, what you guys have been doing over the last few years. So thanks for time, everyone. Have a great day. Cheers, Scott. Thanks, mate. Hi, Scholson here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, if you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, www.getdigitalinfluence.com, uh, where we've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time, and have a great day.